What I would, you know, challenge anybody who's listening to this, and, and really sometimes it comes down to just a clear decision. Yeah. Either you're going to do it God's way or yep. you're not. Yeah, absolutely. Either you're going to be successful or you're not. Yeah. It, it, there's not a halfway here. And, and I think a lot of people like sugarcoat the Bible or they sugarcoat what God says about marriage. Your blended family has a 100% chance of success when you do it God's way. We are blended kingdom families and we want to provide biblical resources to heal and restore families with a message of hope for the next generation. Let's get after it. Hey guys, welcome back to the BKF Podcast. We're excited to be with you and we are not alone and we're gonna introduce our guests in just a second. Before we do, make sure you take an opportunity, like, share, comment, leave us a review. You can also email us at info at blendedkingdomfamilies.com. We would love to hear from you and answer yes. any questions that you guys may have. Yeah. So before we get too far into this, Vanessa, introduce our guests. You guys, we are so excited because we met Tim and Alexis Woodward with Blend Wealth. We met you guys, gosh, it's been like... I mean, it's been a while. What, like mm-hmm. two years, mm-hmm. three years? It's yeah. been a while. But yeah. we've gotten to know them not only through social media, but meeting them in the flesh at mm-hmm. the Blended Couples Conference last year, which was so awesome. Um, and then we've got to see them throughout other conferences throughout the year. But we're so excited to have them on the podcast. We've been in this series of Blended Families and Finances. And so if you haven't watched um, part one and part two, go back and watch those. Scott did one solo Scott and I did part two together, but now we have the experts in the finances um, that are with us today. So they're going to tell us more about who they are, what they do, and just give some encouragement and advice for blended families, because this is one of those subjects in blended families Mm -hmm. that's super touchy. So, but first I want to introduce them and tell you a little bit about them. So Tim and Alexis Woodward are certified financial planners. They're also certified kingdom advisors and co-founders of Blended Wealth, a kingdom-focused financial planning firm that serves clients virtually all over the country. As Christian financial partners, Tim and Alexis help families and business owners use God-given financial resources to accomplish God-given goals. Blend Wealth exists to simplify and optimize your entire financial life, all from a biblical worldview and their professional expertise combined with biblical wisdom brings peace, confidence, and clarity that helps you make financial decisions today that leaves a lasting legacy for tomorrow. And they are a blended family with two boys. And so you guys, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you all here with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We we are so excited and honored to be here. And I just want to say that the BKF podcast has been a huge blessing yes. on mm. on our life and our marriage and our family. It was actually the very first um, blended family resource that I found when I started dating Tim years ago. Aww, so I love that. So so grateful for you guys and and your ministry and um, all the resources that you guys provide. Oh, thank you so Aww, much. We, we love that. We yeah. love that. <laughs> no, that's so sweet. Love well, that. First, let's get started. We know a little bit about. Blend Wealth, we're going to talk more about it, but we want to find out more about you. So tell us about you, your family, your blended family, and all the different things that make up your your crew. Okay, um, I guess I can start. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you want to um, dis- discuss anything I missed, but um, Alexis and I are both from the Indianapolis, Indiana area. Mm-hmm. Um, in our blended family situation, um, I kind of joke that I'm, I'm divorced and she's the perfect one that kind of... <laughs> married into the chaos here. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful that, um, God put her in my life at, at just the right time. Um, we have two boys ages 10 and six, um, that I have from a prior marriage and we would love to expand the kingdom and have children of our own. So that's kind of the, 
the journey that we're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else I miss? No, I think that, that about sums it up. Awesome. awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about Blend Wealth. Like how, how did you guys, where's the vision that God gave y'all, you know, where did that begin? And tell mm-hmm. us more about it and what it is that you do. Well, our, our local pastor kind of says the, the voice of the Holy Spirit kind of sounds like your wife. And I think that's uh, <laughs> very true in our, in our family because um, he had given a sermon a, a few years ago about if you fast, you know, not fast forward, but go back historically in the past, you know, 100 plus years that the church was really at the forefront of excellence. The church was building the hospitals. They were building the schools and anything worth doing the church was at mm. the forefront. And and we may have, over over the last century, kind of um, neglected our responsibilities as Christians and kind of staying at the forefront. Mm. And so it was kind of a, a call, encouragement, if you have an entrepreneur spirit or if you feel God is calling you in a certain direction to maybe be a business owner and maybe um, bring the faith back into practice, mm. um, m- m- you know, maybe this sermon's for you. And, and I walked out of there uh, with nothing on my heart. And Alexis, uh, <laughs> like the floodgates just opened and she's like, we should really start our own practice because we were both in the financial planning profession. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were not talking about our faith in, in our jobs, you know, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. And I, I was risk adverse. And I initially said, no, that's a that's a terrible idea. I'm mm-hmm. I like the comfort and safety of, of what I'm doing now in over the next kind of six to 12 months, she kept kind of nudging me very kindly, very politely. We prayed on it. And eventually I said, well, let me just squash this. I'll put a business plan together and kind of Mm -hmm. show you that this might be too risky for us. And I was um, admittedly completely wrong. (laughs) So that's how, you know, that's, that's the seed that she watered and, and, and the plant grew. And here we are today. I love that. That's awesome. I think some people may be still going, okay, so what, what exactly is it that you do? So I want to make maybe just some real practical kind of like, tell us what you guys do as certified financial planners, specifically as it addresses for blended families. Yeah, so sort of, uh, you know, being a certified financial planner is you only have a finite amount of resources. We only have so much time. We only have so much money. And, and the list goes on and on. There's a finite amount of everything. Mm-hmm. And how do we allocate that until an unlimited amount of possibilities? We really have mm-hmm. infinite possibilities. But like we take this podcast here today, us taking our time to talk to you and you taking your time to talk to us means we can't do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we both had to agree that this time would be well spent, you know, talking about this important subject mm-hmm. for uh, for your listeners. And, and that's really what financial planning is about, is that how do we allocate the dollars that we have, the assets that we have been given as stewards of these kingdom assets? Mm-hmm. How do we best allocate them as managers of the money to go do kingdom things in our lives? Because mm-hmm. that's our um, role as a family, as a marital unit. Mm-hmm. is to um, steward those well. And so that is what the practice of financial planning is, is making sure that allocation is optimized. Mm-hmm. And then us being Christian advisors means that we're going to do it with God at the center of that focus. Right, with with a biblical worldview. And um, we like to kind of say we help people manage their entire financial life. So we mm-hmm. actually recently just brought on a CPA. So we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of extensive tax planning and tax preparation mm-hmm. along with the financial planning side of things. So we will uh, we'll dive in a, a yep. lot on the financial planning topics today, and we're excited. 
Awesome. I love that. I, I, I just think that it's one of those opportunities. I think a lot of people, one couple of things. One, either they just, they've just never considered this as an option. They're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of, you know, not looking past maybe the next week or the next month or the next year. And mm-hmm. they haven't been introduced to somebody that creates a vision for them and creates a vision of yep. legacy or creates a vision of kingdom legacy. Um, right. Or they, you know, as we're going to talk a little bit about estate planning too, you know, a lot of people, and I hate to say this, but a lot of people just don't think about after. <laughs> they don't think, yeah. they think about, you know, what, what happens to our, you know, my estate or, you know, the belongings that I have after I pass away. Mm-hmm. And I think right. a lot of people don't, and it really is it's just not good because it's a lot of stress for the kids and in blended families, it even makes it even more stressful uh, because of that dynamic that exists. So we're going to talk a little bit more about um, uh, legacy planning as well. Yeah. And so you guys have worked with hundreds of blended family, blended, non-blended families um, to help them simplify their finances. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you guys have seen blended families make with their finances? Yep. So like you said, we've worked with so many families over the years. And um, as a blended family, we have such a heart for other blended families because we understand that even when things are good, they are still more complex. And that applies to finances Mm -hmm. as well. I just want to take a minute to comment on the importance of um, money in a marriage because I think it's a topic that a lot of people don't really like to talk about Mm -hmm. Um, But there are unfortunately few topics that lead to more divorces Mm -hmm. than money. And so we can't avoid it. We shouldn't avoid it. And um, so today we want to be talking about five things that blended families, um, five mistakes that they make with their finances Mm -hmm. that we have really seen over the years. So the first biggest mistake that we see is separate finances between Mm -hmm. spouses. And we're not just talking about separate bank accounts. We're talking like total, no visibility, no transparency, um, just completely separate financial lives. Mm -hmm. And I think this um, can become a common practice among blended families just because of past pain and trauma. Um, There may be walls that are put up around around money. uh, maybe there's kids involved from a previous relationship or marriage and they kind of say, hey, it would be easy just to like, you know, separate these obligations and take care of them mm-hmm. on our own. And and, and I get that. But um, Mark 10, 8 says, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. And we fully believe that it is God's heart um, for you to become one when you get married. And that includes your finances as well. And from our personal experience of working with families, we see the families that are really accomplishing their goals and ultimately have the best marriages are ones Mm -hmm. that have um, everything combined. And a lot of families will ask like, hey, is it okay if we have, you know, separate bank accounts? And I think at the end of the day, not everyone is at a a place where they can combine everything today. And and that's okay. Like, it's okay for there to be a process. Um, But I think as long as there is transparency and communication around money, I think that's, that's the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so one way is that one way that families can do that is to have like a weekly or monthly financial touch point where they're coming together and, and talking about their, about their finances. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, um, uh, I think 
ways that you, you can have those conversations um, involve tracking your expenses through, uh, through a budgeting software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to talk about some of those? Yeah. Like Alexis said, we don't have to necessarily have all the bank accounts combined if that's not where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, our heart and where we think God's heart is that you, this should not be an issue you fight over and, and you should be united on mm-hmm. um, when you manage your finances. So if everything's not in the same account, that's fine. As long as you have a budgeting app where everything is clearly visible, mm-hmm. all the transactions flow in and help facilitate that family meeting. We think that's, that's mm-hmm. enough. And, and then over time, maybe you'll change things, but at least, there's nothing hidden. You never want yeah. anything hidden in your marriage, whether it's financial related or other, otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to be one flesh, one team, working cohesively together. Yeah, no, that's good. No, I, I, I can't, as a marriage counselor, I, I kind of see what you've seen. You know, the number of families that have come mm-hmm. in and said, you know, hey, we're so excited to get married, but, you know, this is my money and that's his money. And I'm thinking right. in my head, like, okay, you can't halfway do this. Yeah. Right. You can't right. have one foot in, one foot out. Um, we know statistics are not in our favor here, especially in blended family marriages. You right. know, it's like you can't be halfway in this. Mm-hmm. You either got to go, you jump in the water or you don't jump. Yeah. Uh, yep. But finances is where people, it's almost like you can have my heart, but not my wallet. You can have, right. you can have all my trust, but not the passcode to my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that seems to be the separator. Yeah, you know, Dave Ramsey said this one time, um, somebody had called into his show and they were asking, it was a blended family and uh, they they were having issues with, it was the his, his money, her money and about child support. And his advice was don't get married because they weren't getting married yet. But he was like, if you cannot become united and one in your finances, he was like, especially in a blended family, he was like, it is not going to work. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that that was so powerful because you're absolutely right. We've encountered so many blended families where it just becomes a source of contention and then there's resentment. And it's like if one spouse, if, if the bank accounts are separate and one spouse makes more money than the other and his bio kids are getting more things than the step kids than what they can provide. I mean, it just, it will tear a marriage apart and it will, it will tear, tear uh, the, the blended family apart in those yeah. relationships. And so, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. If, if you will rip off the bandaid, I, most people will realize what they think is going to lead to more conflict actually um, brings more oneness. Yeah. Um, and it's just whether or not you want to rip that bandaid off. Well, and, and Tim, what I would, you know, challenge anybody who's listening to this. And, and really, sometimes it comes down to just a clear decision. Yeah. Either you're going to do it God's way or yep. you're not. Yeah. Absolutely. Either you're going to be successful or you're not. Yeah. It, it, there's not a halfway here. And, and I think a lot of people like sugarcoat the Bible or they sugarcoat what God says about marriage. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's very clear. Alexis, you said it. To become one. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to become one and only in certain parts. Yeah. It's yeah. to become one, and that's it. Yeah. There, there's not yeah. a there's not an asterisk there. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, and what else would you say to that, Alexis? I know you had some more points you wanted to hit. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, um, I was just gonna say the recommended kind of budgeting software oh, yes. tools that yeah. we found mm-hmm. helpful for people. So the I think the top three that we would recommend are um, you need a budget, YNAB. Um, FaithFi and Every Dollar. We personally use YNAB. YNAB. But okay. Every Dollar is Dave Ramsey's version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. I always tell people it, if you're stuck and you're overwhelmed, 
the one you will use is the one you need right. is the right solution. Yeah. yeah. So don't, um, some of them go way into detail. Some of them are very simple. Um, don't get stuck, you know, analysis paralysis, pick one that you mm-hmm. think you'll use and move, and move forward. And I think you'll find it'll work for you. Well, that's good. Yeah. And we will have those. I know you guys sent those links. So we're going to put that in the show notes for anybody that's listening. So you mm-hmm. guys can go check that out. Um, okay. Well, you guys too also talk about estate planning. Scott and I touched on this a little bit yeah. in our previous episode um, on financial planning with blended families part two, but I want you guys to talk about that. Cause again, that is something we shared a little bit of our story where when we did our estate planning, which by the way is like, can be super depressing. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You're talking about death and like all these things and where everything's going to go. But you know, when the, when the, the, the subject came, when it came to Scott, you know, because I'm the biological parent of all four of our boys, but he's the step parent to Michael. And the question mm-hmm. was, how do you, you know, your three boys and then Michael, like, is this separate? Is it different? Like, and Scott was like, no, he was like, they will all be treated the same. They will all get the same. Like, it, everything would be divided equally. Um, and we know that a lot of blended families struggle with that. So can you just tell us more about what estate planning is and um, just your recommendations and encouragement in that? Yeah, this is actually... Um where a lot of blended families get stuck when they come to us. And it's one of the mistakes that we feel they make and they don't address this. I mean, the, the family tree just gets complex and mm-hmm. uh, they freeze and we just, we don't even allow ourselves to think about this topic or, or go anywhere near it. So uh, a lot of blended families either don't have estate plans or they have legacy um, estate mm-hmm. plans from their prior relationships that are still outstanding. They're still valid legal documents. And so um, we believe every, Blended families should take the time to kind of have this family discussion. We like to whiteboard it out when we're in our office, just mm-hmm. start to talk about, you know, who the children are, what spouse they belong to. Is it, is it mm-hmm. ours kids? Is it, you know, biological kids from another relationship? And once we get that mapped out, we can have the conversation. But just as a high level overview, estate plans are just legal documents that express your decisions. And that will be honored if you are incapacitated or deceased. And so um, what that looks like, there's four to five legal documents that you'll want to um, work with with your attorney. Um, I do also want to highlight that these are state specific. So like I know you guys are in Texas. If you're residents of the state of Texas, you'll want to execute estate plans according to the laws of Texas. If you up and move to Florida at another time in your life, those Texas documents are no longer valid. You'll want to update those with someone. Even if your preferences are exactly the same, you'll still want to update that legal language to match mm-hmm. Florida's statutes. That's good. And, and that's any state. So the, the documents you want to discuss is a last will and testament. By far, that's the most popular when we talk to the state plans. Mm-hmm. People know what a last will and testament is. And that is where do you want your assets to go? And if you have minor children, who will be the guardian of those children? Mm -hmm. And so those are some key decisions to make. Um, The next two documents kind of covered situations where you're not deceased, but you're incapacitated, either Mm -hmm. either temporarily or or maybe permanently. And that's a financial power of attorney Mm -hmm. who will make financial decisions for you if you're incapacitated. And then the next one is a healthcare power of attorney or sometimes called a healthcare directive Mm -hmm. who will make healthcare decisions for you if you're momentarily incapacitated and sometimes separate from the healthcare power of attorney, sometimes it's combined, sometimes it's separate is a living will. That is not the same as a last will and Testament. A living will is basically if you are on life support, would you like the machine left on or would you like it unplugged? And I know these are not um, great conversations (laughs) to have, 
But trust me, as having seen clients who have passed away and who have been in all these situations, yeah. it is a lot, it's very difficult on the person who has that responsibility to guess what they think your preferences mm. would be. And one way to love your family well is to try to ex- make those wishes known and, and document that in a formal legal way so that the people who have to help execute these plans for you know your wishes are very clear and they're really just more in an administrative role. They're not trying to guess what you're doing. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, in some sense, I agree with Vanessa. It's not a fun process to go through. Hey, um, if I die, I want you to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've already given my clear instructions. I know what's going to happen. Scott's not allowed to be put in a coffin. Yeah. Period. I, I, <laughs> but, but my point and and. And Tim, I want you to touch this for a second because I don't think it can be understated. If you don't have this, and let's say you have an estate and it goes into probate, yep. and, and, and your kids are now in the middle of a squabble to figure out yep. who gets what, Just I, I'm sure you've seen this before. What is yep. that process and what, why should people want to avoid that? Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Um, Everyone has a set of estate plans. I don't think people realize that. Um, You either create them yourself, which Mm -hmm. is the process we're talking about today, being very proactive, very intentional in our marriage and our family. Or if you pass away without doing that, the state that you live in will assign a default set of plans for you. Mm -hmm. And especially in blended families, this is where it's just a dumpster fire because given given the situation, the, the, the state's default plans may absolutely not even be anywhere close to what your wishes are. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important, especially in blended family, to be proactive in this. And, and you guys had kind of touched on what do you do about the children? And, and there's no right or wrong answers. I just want to encourage your listeners, like, we are not here to say how you have to do it. We just say, are saying that you need to do this mm-hmm. process. You yeah. need to go through it because we have families that are like, like you said, we have biological kids and we have stepkids and we love them equally and they will be treated equally in every way. And that is fine. We also have um, families that come to us and say, Hey, we have uh, kids together and then there's, there are stepchildren involved. And so we're going to give our kids more a- allocation of assets or income mm-hmm. than we will the stepkids because we want to acknowledge that there's another parent involved mm-hmm. that has assets uh, uh, maybe of significant value and that those kids will inherit from them. And so in a way it's still equal, even though it's mm-hmm. unequal on paper, because yeah. um, the kids that are from another marriage, they, they're still inheriting from two parents, two mm-hmm. loving parents. Yeah. And and the kids we have together are still inheriting from two loving parents. And, and that is equal. So um, fair is not always equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Tim, but we're still treating everyone fairly. Tim, let me ask you this question. Cause I know there's somebody listening that's 25 in good health. And it's like, I heard that. Um, I need to put this on for later in life. Like those people who think, first of all, I don't have any assets, and B, I don't think I'm going to die tomorrow. So I'm just—that's just a real thought. Yeah. So Tim, what would you say to that person that maybe hasn't acquired assets yet and is young and still has a family? So why is it that still important? Yeah. So. We'll cover another topic with that because it's another mistake people make is your beneficiary designations. Mm. There are really two ways that assets transfer. And so if you're a young 25-year-old, you really don't have anything to your name, maybe a 401k at work or maybe just a life insurance policy Mm -hmm. your parents purchased for you. 
You can transfer those according to your wishes by updating the beneficiary designations mm. on your bank accounts, your investment accounts, retirement accounts, your insurance policies. And there's always a primary and contingent. The primary beneficiaries, who's going to, who who gets first crack at getting the assets mm-hmm. if they're still alive when when you pass, and then the contingent beneficiaries, if something happens and the primary beneficiary predeceases you, the contingent beneficiary steps in and they're the ones that inherit the assets. Mm-hmm. So, if you're very young and don't have a lot, you can use your beneficiary designations to basically um, get your assets where they need to know or where they need to go. But as you get married. As you own real estate, and certainly as you have kids, you can't just rely on the beneficiary designations alone because you have other assets that does not have a beneficiary designation. Like your car does not have a beneficiary designation. In some states, your house does not have a beneficiary designation. Your personal belongings do not have beneficiary designations. So you need a combination of formal estate plans and beneficiary designations to effectively get everything where it needs to go in an optimal manner. Yeah. yeah, and I'll just add that um, not having uh, beneficiary designations or updated beneficiary designations is the third biggest mistake that we see blended mm-hmm. families make. Um, whenever we bring on a new blended family um, client, we see all the time ex-spouses listed as beneficiaries. Um, even when they say, oh, no, I've updated them, but we always yeah. find at least one. 100% failure rate from yeah. everyone wow. we work with. Even when they wow. said they've done it all, like we... We find it might be an old legacy policy. It might be an employer benefit, but. Yeah. So just um, reviewing all of your insurance policies, investment accounts, and employer retirement accounts, um, reviewing those primary and contingent um, Mm -hmm. beneficiaries are are always good to do at least annually. Yeah. And I want to add, here's the most popular question that comes up from a blended family. Hey, um, I know my 401k has my ex-spouse on it, but I just created a will this year. And if something were to happen to me, would everything get to my current spouse? Because mm-hmm. I, I just made that will and I left everything to my current spouse. So that would supersede all these beneficiary designations, correct? And, and I have to tell them that is not correct. Mm-hmm. The will wow. does not kick in. The will only takes care of stuff that does not have a beneficiary designation. Wow. So if you have a 401k left to an ex-spouse, there's nothing a judge is going to do. It is going to that ex-spouse. Wow. And then everything else will pass via the will. Um, So it, these go hand in hand, the estate plans and the beneficiary designation conversations. They, they are one in the same conversation. Well, I I guarantee you a lot of people did not know that. that. Yeah. I was (laughs) like, Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I I would only (laughs) add one other thing um, that a lot of people don't, maybe they don't know about, or they don't, don't look at is the importance of estate planning when it comes to taxes. Um, there's a thing called the death tax, and it is real. Yeah. And the IRS will take a lot of your estate if you have not done designated planning, whether that is a trust, uh, a family right. trust, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, all of these questions, and 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 I, if you're listening and your head's spinning, I, I can understand why because these are all big <laughs> topics. Yep. These are the kind of things that if if you heard any of this and you're not landed on, I I have prepared for that. The one thing that we know is you will pass at some at a certain point. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. there's no yeah. question of if it's when, and when that happens, these questions will have to be answered. So if you right. haven't right. got them answered right now, it is time, not tomorrow, to go and find the right people that will advise you on this. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I always. We, oh, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Oh, 
Oh, I, I can I can probably discuss two more things on this because um, you mentioned taxes. There are things called trusts. You know, I think everybody's kind of heard of the the trust fund baby or something like that. Yeah. And, and that's true. There there are a lot of very wealthy families that use trusts for tax um, mm-hmm. optimization reasons and stuff. But you do not have to have an ultra high net worth for trust to be right. in, important to you. Yeah. Um, when you are in a blended family. Um, there are two types of trust, a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. Most of us talk about irrevo- or revocable living trusts. And that just revocable just means I can change the rules at any time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But using a trust in combination with your estate plans kind of supersedes your will. And it allows you to put rules on the assets and income that's transferring presumably to your children to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So if I only have a last will and testament, all of those assets go to the kids outright. Mm-hmm. The issue with that oftentimes is if you have minors who are inheriting, mm-hmm. the guardian of those children is going to have control of the assets. So what this looks like in a blended family situation is if something happened to you and you left it to your minor children, the ex-spouse who mm-hmm. is now the guardian of those kids now has those financial resources and may or may not use them for the kids' best mm. benefit. We, I don't yeah. know the situation. Only you can answer that. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll, we'll use a revocable living trust to transfer assets to the kids. So everything stays in the trust name, but it's for the kids' benefit. Mm. And now you get to designate a trustee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. what this might look like in our situation is if something were to happen to me, some money gets set aside for my boys and it gets used as though I would do it, but Alexis is in charge of that money. It didn't. It didn't go to my ex-spouse to manage that money, mm-hmm. and so um, she can still make decisions in a manner that is consistent with how I would make the decisions and kind mm-hmm. of uh, continue to bless the kids um, beyond the grave for me. Yeah. And this, so I, I want to talk about trust, and then the last thing I want to talk about is going back to this biblical stewardship responsibility. So many people think that estate plans is just about transferring assets and that's important, but it is not the main goal. At the end of the day, as a Christian believer, you have the the responsibility to your kids to impart your wisdom and your values onto them so that when they get control of the assets and they pick up the stewardship responsibility to do the kingdom work, you're no longer here to do because hopefully you are in fact in the kingdom that you have equipped them, you have raised them almost like an apprenticeship. You have Mm -hmm. given them all your life wisdom, all your life values that they have been able to receive, and they can take that stewardship responsibility in a manner consistent with the Bible. I love that. I think that's so good. I mean, I know when we did ours, and it it was a process for Mm -hmm. us. It, It took us a while, and we could never settle on who's going to get the kids if you and I go down together, you know. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's hard. You have to yeah. make these hard decisions. But what I love about it is you can get super creative with it. Like, yeah. you know, we talked about if Scott and I were to pass and whatever assets went to the boys, like, you know, you can allow it where um, they, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, they, they can they can get it at a certain age or they have to yeah. donate it somewhere. Right. You can get yep. super creative with it. And that's what I love. And, um, and I know we're about to wrap up, but I want you guys to give us just some real quick encouragement to any blended families who maybe mm-hmm. are struggling in this area, you guys. Like, what would you want to impart and say to them? Yeah, nothing you do is going to be perfect. I think you have to pray on this mm-hmm. decision. 
And then you just have to go in and do the estate plans the best you can. Uh, As long as you're still kicking and breathing, you can change these things. So Mm -hmm. do the best you can today. And then every couple of years, maybe every two, three years or so, or if there's big legal changes that may Mm -hmm. impact it, meet back with your attorney and, and revisit these. And then maybe, um, Maybe your kids are no longer minors. They're now adults. So you can change the language a bit to give mm-hmm. them a little bit more freedom. Yeah. Um, this is not um, a static document. And it's only in stone once you pass away. So as, mm-hmm. as long as you're living, you can change it. Just don't get hung up. Because I guarantee whatever you can do in your blended family to make these estate plans is going to be better than the default plans the state are going to assign to you if you don't do this at all. No, yeah, that's good. I believe that. No, that's, I, I like that encouragement. I mean, I think there's so many nuggets mm-hmm. of wisdom in that. But I love it. Well, guys, we're wrapping up our time. And with every one of our guests, we ask them the exact same question. We love the answers. But the name of our ministry is Blended Kingdom Families. What is a blended kingdom family to you? To me, it I kind of see everyone as part of uh, the blended kingdom family because at the end of the day, we're we're all... God's children, and um, I think when we have Him at, at the center, that that's what makes us a, a blended kingdom family. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I you know I want to thank you guys so much for coming today, and I want you to, to tell everybody where they can find you guys because again, you guys like Tim was saying, you can don't underestimate the power of the financial planning and, and just the urgency of it, I would mm. say. It needs to get done. And so I want you guys to be able to tell everybody where they can find you. And if you're a blended family listening, blended or not, like reach out to Tim and Alexis if for any questions or a consult mm-hmm. or anything like that. So yeah. tell us where everyone can find you guys and all your info and resources. Yeah, well, our website is just blendwealth.com and then we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, at The Blend Couple. The Blend Couple. The Blend Couple. I like it. Well, guys, we are so excited and thankful that you were here today. So much wisdom. I I love that we tackled this subject because just in practicality, I know it doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm thankful for you guys, thankful for the work you're doing. Uh, We'll love to cheer you on and root for you as the years go on. We hope uh, nothing but success for you guys. Yes. And we're excited that you were here with us today, too. So, guys, thanks so much for joining in. Make sure that you like, share, comment. Leave us a a review on this podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. You guys take care and have a wonderful day. Be blessed in all that you do. Hey, guys. So glad you were here with us today, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And you can find more resources from Blended Kingdom Families at BlendedKingdomFamilies.com. Join us again next time as we hang out with more amazing podcast guests. And remember, nothing will be impossible with God.